0: You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast.
1: Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is for rural leaders and by rural leaders. It is our goal every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it. People who live, work, and minister in small out-of-the-way places and people who understand the immense value of God's work that he's doing there. I am your host, Joe Epley, and today I am excited to interview a ministry couple, Jeremy and Amanda Harris. Um, I'm excited to dive into their journey. Um, We're going to be talking about their background and youth and kids ministry, as well as highlighting uh, just kind of a unique situation they share where they're actually co-pastoring, which is super fun to dive into, super fun to look at uh, lessons through. And so uh, before we get get into their story, though, I do just want to say hello. And so how are you guys doing, Pastor Jeremy and Amanda?
0: We're doing good. Good to see you, Joe.
2: Good
1: to be here. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you guys and to hear your story. And so, uh, the first thing we do, we always ask everybody this question, and uh, you guys can answer, you know, however you want in terms of who wants to go first or both of you or one of you, whatever. You know, I love doing co interviews. It's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, describe your background in ministry and specifically your connection to the rural church, where you've been, what you've done, how'd you get where you are?
0: Well, for me, it's been kind of a process of life and growing up in Minnesota, but then I moved out to Wyoming. and lived in Rollins and Laramie, part of churches there, and much smaller context, and been pretty much in the rural North Dakota, South Dakota since that time. You know, we started off in ministry in Minot, you know, population like 35,000, a little bit bigger community, larger church, but then we transitioned from there, right, into Stanley Stanley and Powers Lake, North Dakota. Uh, Stanley they ran about 1,200 people in the community, and 300 in the town of powers lake and we pastored both of those churches at the, the same time and so i had to travel and all the stuff in between um dealing with that and then we moved to watertown south dakota for which, which is a population of about 22 people and we were there for about 10 years as associate pastors and just working under um actually my wife's father and 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 mother as associate pastors under them and um so we had a year of transition, like the Abraham experience. We call it. God asked us to leave, but then tell us where we're going, and led us to Cullum, North Dakota, a town of about 330 people, which we currently pastor for the last three and a half years, or are, are enjoying it and fitting right in into the culture and having a good time. So.
2: And for me, I grew up as a pastor's kid in rural churches, and so I think my heart has always been there. I would say it's probably really been caught from my from my dad, and so just
1: love the rural church. Awesome. Well, I love to hear about that. And so obviously, uh, Cullum, 330 people, uh, why don't you give us just a brief snapshot of what the church is like? You've been there three and a half years. I mean, what's the size of the church like? What's the community like? Just give us a small snapshot of uh, what what we're looking at here.
0: Sure. Well, Cullum, the the slogan for the community is a small town with a big heart. So there's a lot of, to me, I think there's a lot of big hearted people in the community. Um, The church as a whole has a rich history um, going way back. The, the founding pastor was the superintendent for North Dakota. Another one was a superintendent. So it's been a really solid church for, for a lot of years. Never been a church that's had major squabbles, you know, kind of thing through the years. And so a pretty solid church.
2: Celebrating our 100th yeah, in uh, July of this oh, year, nice. 2020.
0: Yeah, so that's been cool. fun. People are kind of reminiscing already and, you know, bringing up things and people are talking about it. And so it should be a fun time of celebrating the past, but also looking forward to the future. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. And-
2: we run about 60 people. Yeah. Um, at one time, we've been told it was the largest attended church in North Dakota. Wow. Um, so it's it's an interesting situation for our church in Column. Usually, unfortunately, Assembly of God churches tend to be one of the smallest um, in a community. This community would probably, I, not membership, but as far as people attending, we probably have the most attended Church in cool. the community. We have a lot of community leaders right. who attend our sure. church.
0: Kind of a spread of so it's not just column people coming to church. It's quite a variety, which is kind of neat. The, the mix of that. So
1: yeah, no, that's super cool. Well, I love that. And I love hearing about uh yeah, just the variety of things you guys have been able to do. Um, so this next question I want to dive into and and just to um and, and just cause I love, I mean, I'm a former youth pastor now, district youth director for the state of Montana, working with kids and youth. So I always love to dive into not just best practices, but best practices in the royal church. And so you guys have spent a good amount of your ministry career working with youth and kids. And so, what's one word of wisdom you could each share on what it takes to do kids or youth ministry in a small town? And so, again, I'll let you guys kind of answer how you will, but yeah, enlighten us on that, you know?
2: I think that um, in a smaller community, of course, this is true, Cross. I don't care what you're doing for ministry, but being real, relationship, and being genuine, of course, that's important anywhere. But I think the smaller the community, the more that if you are not those, it, it glaringly shows. Mm-hmm. So higher accountability in the area of, of being genuine mm-hmm. is for sure. And in you, you have to be those
0: yeah, kids any, and youth. any kind of any kind of ministry, yeah. yeah, you should. But
2: but with kids and youth, what you draw them with you keep them with. Mm. And of course that's true anywhere, but when you are in a small community and you're doing kids and youth, you're probably not just doing kids and youth. You are probably very involved in other areas, right? So what you do has to be sustainable Mm. because being committed and, and being sustainable, people, people see that. If you're going to just start stuff and not finish, start and not finish, or you just keep changing direction, that's That doesn't go over well in a small community. There are people who are true and uh, true for Cullen. They are all farmers and rangers pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they're not going anywhere. They own land. They're not moving. And so they want to see what you do continue. Mm-hmm. They don't like to start and stop all this new stuff. Yeah. For sure.
0: Right. She pretty much said it. She does a well, good job
1: with that. <laughs> well, feel free to chime in if you want, you know, still, you know. No, that's
0: pretty much we talked about it. That's what that's what we we're looking at. And it's good because I'm going to share more later. So it's her turn to share now. Perfect, <laughs>
1: perfect. Well, I love that. I love that perspective. And I, and I do like uh, zoning in a magnifying glass on the rural church because you're right, like being real, being authentic. These things matter everywhere. But there's stuff that like stands out just a little bit in a rural context. And I love uh, that you guys highlighted that
2: being involved in your community is extremely important. Um, Kids and teams are involved in everything Mm -hmm. in a small community because they have to be. So going to their games Mm -hmm. is pretty important. It's more visible again, than if you're in a large community, going to their concerts, uh, going to the play, all of those types of things matter in a small town and not just to them, but to their parents Mm -hmm. and um, being visible and being at community events is huge yeah You're you really don't want to
0: too. get locked up in an office and so I bring this point up because this is something that I we started doing which I had never thought of doing before but I thought of it when we came here is not having office hours I don't have office mm. hours and I remember bringing it up to the people and they're all like oh, yeah because they don't want their pastor locked in they want their pastor Perfect. out so I don't have office hours so that means I'm flexible now of course I do take care of business and they and that, sure, that shows sure. out too, but I'm not just ignoring stuff but not always just running around either because you can't, you know, there's a balance, but yeah, just not having office hours and that communicates something that, Hey, you're I'm available too. for one, you know, kind of thing. So.
1: Oh, perfect. Well, I love
0: that.
2: get well, well, involved yeah. in your school. If you're in church, if you're in kids and youth ministry.
1: Yes, you should be involved. Be in involved the in the school. Yeah, but for sure. Can. I mean, s- small towns revolve around it. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's the sun. Yeah. You
2: know? if Whatever fits your personality. If you can substitute teach. Um, if you can be a coach of some sort, I'm a school bus
0: driver. Yeah.
2: Volunteer some way. If you're in kids and youth, you need to be involved in the school. Nice. Okay. I'm going to (laughs) know,
1: no, it's all good stuff. I mean, we are here to learn and glean. I love it. So you are both currently credential holders and your technical titles would be as co-pastors of the church in Cullum, which I really love. What would you guys say are some of the blessings or challenges of that? And then kind of all tucked into that. How do you guys support one another? So however you want to take that, but what are some of those blessings, challenges, and how do you guys support one another as you pastor together, which again is a unique situation.
2: So can we say that the blessing and challenge is maybe the same answer?
1: Absolutely. Those are my favorite answers. Being together. Being together.
2: (laughs) It's a blessing and it's a challenge. (laughs) So honestly, sometimes on our day off, we send, we send it separately. Yeah. Oh,
1: see, that's very unique. I see that, though. I see that.
2: Because, yes, it's because we do work together. And that is a blessing um, because you're a part of each other's world all the time, but it's also a challenge.
0: Yes. Mm. And then along with that challenge, we're both leaders. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who's leading? So that's one thing we've got to learn. Okay, like, hey, who's leading this project or who's leading this thing? Because otherwise, there might be a colliding <laughs> leaders. <laughs> um, so that can create a challenge. And actually, it was spoken to us because we're both oldest children. And so that, that dynamic that. in itself creates this battering ram, I guess you could say situation in the home. And so uh, well, we've learned to work through that. And really it's because of prayer and learning how to have, we we both have our own personal relationship with Christ and we spend time, like we get alone. We don't, we don't actually have like devotions together. Mm-hmm. We're together all the time, but we do a lot of, we, we, make, we pull apart and we have time with Jesus. And that's what really kind of keeps us gelling together and, Working through some of those challenges and the things that we go through,
2: and like any marriage communication, and uh sure. just knowing each, other, knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses, and and yeah, the communication of okay, so are you leading this or am I leading this, and then just making sure that you support the person who is leading it and letting them lead, even though mm. you might have a better idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa they got a little personal for just a second There's yeah. just a little bit of a we're story back there that we're not diving into <laughs> so,
2: but just it, it really truly is about submitting one to another
1: it is
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's really about submitting one to another and if that person's leading then you then you let them lead
0: which support is part, them. along with that is listening to one another so we're mm-hmm. having, learning which is which has been good I, I don't naturally just have that skill set I think it's, it's males sometimes typically are that way but learning how to listen and actually really listen, not just get the factual information and move on, but really listen and be aware of her heart and what's going on and what's happening and keep growing in that area of listening. And, and so, yeah, you know. yeah, that's awesome.
1: Well, uh, let's look through, um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite subjects and my favorite subjects, I mean like least favorite subjects, but it's a really important subject that a lot of people deal with. So let's talk about church hurt. Like, like the idea that, that, as ministers in the body of Christ, we are surrounded by all the language of love and unity and brotherhood and everyone's kind to another. And then as a pastor, and I'm sure as a parishioner sometimes, you know, the experience is just not that. I mean, you're in a church full of people who are sinful, who don't always make right choices, and uh, it can hurt. And I understand that in some past seasons, you guys have walked through some heavy hurt at the hands of church leadership. And and I'll let you guys choose. I mean, if you want to dive into the specifics of those situations, that is up to you. But my main uh, concern, my main question is what are the practical ways a pastor can stay in ministry when faced with church hurt? You know, like how does that, how do you sustain yourself? How do you get through that season? And so again, enlighten us on that.
0: Yeah. You know, you alluded to it and we won't go into details for sure, but there's definitely, we start off off our very first position boom it happened second position boom it happened third position we were in a season of really a lot of healing and it was good but you find that even now we've come here and there's things that sometimes can resurface because you're still it's a process i'm going to lay out it's a process of walking through this and one thing i really discovered and actually um is that suffering or dealing with struggles those things that's part of the call mm. i are not advancing the kingdom if you're If you're not suffering, then I question, are you really advancing the kingdom? Because Mm -hmm. whenever we advance the kingdom, we're going to, there's going to be suffering involved. Now it's, it is, it's more hurtful when it's people inside. Um, One thing was spoken to me when, in one of those transitions where it was really painful was, don't let it cripple you. And I took it to heart and I just kept going with that. And then in the season, we actually, in that, I spoke about it earlier, just alluded to, we had a little bit of transition year. We had a year, we call it the Abraham experience. And in that season, we went on sabbatical on our own dime and just spent time with the Lord. And But one thing that really drew out during that season is um, just kind of adding fuel to the fire of don't let it cripple you. And kind of preparing us for this next season is in John 15, where Jesus says in John 15, 3, it says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoke to you. And that really stuck out to me as in that section of the verses. But also as you continue on, you realize Jesus is saying he wants you to really depend upon his cleansing word, his word that he's spoken. His word is full of life. His word wants to speak life. His word over you and your calling and is over you. It's already been spoken. Even before we were born, Jesus is speaking over us he knows us, he, he sees us, and he died for us in the cross, and he spoke a word of life and says, you're already clean, basically, it's done, it's finished. And so Jesus is speaking those words over us, and he's always in speaking those words, and it all includes our calling, too. So learning how to freely receive his love and his word, and learning how to just totally depend upon that, and not listen to the other voices, the other things that are going on in your your head, that come at you, the enemy will use I mean, it's amazing how there's different cir- circumstances that can re-trigger some of those. Oh yeah, here we are, here we go again, or are we going there again? You know, you may not really be going there, but it may feel like you're going there because of something that's going on. And you're realizing, no, wait a second, I'm only going to listen to the voice of Christ. He's the one that He's the only one allowed to speak to me, and I won't let the enemy, that, uh, you know, the spirit of this world, cripple me and shut me down. Because the spirit of the world, we know this, right? He will use whatever or whoever. Even somebody in the church, there are people in the church who are not in line with the spirit of the Lord, or they might go back and forth. You know, they might be in line with the spirit of Christ one day, and then the next day they're on their own flesh and their selfishness. Okay, that when they're in that wrong place, they're going to hurt you Uh, and hurting people hurt people. I mean, these are all things that we know. And so um, this is really drawing close to the Lord, remaining in his love, remaining in his word. I, I had this thing where I just, it's even part of our church saying is freely receive, freely give to advance the kingdom of God. So mm. learning how to freely receive from him so that you can freely give out is how we advance the kingdom. But it's just really learning how to freely receive him. And that whole passage, if you look at I'm not reading the, looking at the whole thing, but the whole passage in John 15, you know, I'm kind of summarizing it here. If you will receive it, you do, but you, you stay in it, you remain in it, you will bear fruit. It's just a byproduct. If you don't, how many people have given up the call? I almost did.
1: It's
0: like, yeah. why am I doing this? I can go, I can, I have lots of skill sets. I can go work in construction. I, I did UPS for a while. That was a great job. Everybody smiles at you when you show up with their package. <laughs> and I had good money and I had good, there's good benefits. I could have done that, you know, but that's not what God has called me or shaped me for. So um, yeah. So my word of encouragement, Hey, Each day is a new day, and if you don't mind, can I read a passage of Scripture, too?
1: Yeah, go for it. I would be remiss if I had a rural ministry podcast (laughs) and didn't let you read the Bible. So
0: So it says, but whatever, this is Philippians 3, 7, says, but whatever was to my prophet, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God. And it is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. That is a passage of scripture I've struggled with and not liked that I think even the other people struggle with and don't like. But it's a reality of our life, whether you're in ministry or not, just as a Christian, that we have to be willing to fellowship and share in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this. I haven't already arrived or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. See, each day I wake up to a new day to press on toward the goal. And the goal to me is not my accomplishments, not how many people are attending, not how much, you know, I mean, you can go down the list of all the things that we can sometimes put weight on, okay? my my everyday goal is to please Jesus, to remain in his word, to remain in his love, and let him speak over me, his heavenly call, and consider everything else rubbish, and the most important thing is to know Christ, to have him know me. Man, it's amazing. I, I have a personal altar with the Lord. Just always having that time. You're just with Jesus, and you're open to him. You die to yourself. Say, it's not about me. I remember one time he says, I won't share my glory with anyone. It's kind of a word, like, you know, yeah, okay. And he, it, it was convicting, you know, it was dealing with some stuff in my life, some of my ego. We all have our ego as men and dealing with some of that. And he was just kind of taking me to a place of so let's go deeper with this because I won't share my glory. I want you to do this, you know, the way I have you to do it. So, And that's really been so refreshing. You know, every time I start to struggle, he just, okay, breathe in and just, okay, Lord, what is it Jesus is saying? what is it you have and just learning how to remain in his love it's just a rewarding place to be
2: and to stay soft yeah Mm. um you're hurt you want to harden scar tissue is harder than what was there before and to realize that that you have to stay soft and forgive and know that healing is like peeling an onion Mm. it's layers you know you think you've forgiven until something else comes up and you realize it's still kind of raw and Mm. just know that and like any hurt, you know, if people have been abused or whatever, trauma, it's trauma. Yes. Literally. I mean, some of the stuff is trauma and you just realize that it's like an onion and, and you will heal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And like my mm-hmm. husband has said really well, it, it's really about who are you doing this for?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I know like the words of Paul, I can't find I can't tell you the reference, but I pour my life out as a drink offering mm-hmm. because there are things that he require of you that are not fair. hmm um, wow. We like it. The Americans, we like it to be fair. Yeah, But yeah, for sure. He called, he's called you to pour your life out as a drink offering. So it's not about us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not about how I feel about it. And
0: um. Or my financial package is good enough. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Right.
2: <laughs> you, you, you pour your life out as a drink offering and he's your defender.
0: Yes.
2: My personal lens to wanting justice yes. and justice to be heard. But... <clears throat> Jesus didn't defend himself.
0: That's right.
2: And um, he laid his life down. And that's what he requires of us as well. And his were at the hands of church leadership.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
2: So expect it. But they're people and and, um, we have to love them. And I would just say, I would say, focus on your personal health. Yes. Emotionally, health. I think that as pastors, because of our own emotionally unhealthiness. Um, we've created situations or we've reacted to situations and we've worse and then they leave and there's a vacuum then once that pastor leaves mm-hmm. and then there's a vacuum and in that vacuum steps up most of the time unhealthy people. So then the next person who comes in gets to deal with what's there.
0: That was some of the herd that we dealt with is somebody who is mm-hmm. unhealthy in a boring mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. So you
2: have to be you have to be very healthy as a pastor i'm not and i know that i don't want to to scare people and be like oh you need to it's not about perfection no but you you need to know who you are and you need to know where where you react incorrectly and and be aware of those things and um
1: yeah no that's good stuff i really uh if i had a common thread for how you guys have responded it's a lot about how suffering has the potential to recenter us or we say Mm -hmm. like hey the church hurt can either really get to you, really take you down, really take you out. Or you can say, well, what's one thing that no amount of church hurt can affect. And that's the fact that I can satisfy myself in God and know him personally and like internalize that identity and internalize that relationship with Jesus. And that's, that's powerful words, guys. I, uh, I guess uh, as, as we close, I just want to say thanks again for being on the podcast today. I super appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you
0: for the opportunity. It's (laughs) been an honor. Yeah. It's been really good. And to visit and, yeah, our hearts are definitely for the rural America and and for pastors because we realize that's one of the things that we enjoy here at being a Trinity Mexico's Trinity Bible College is kind of looking at how how we mentor the next generation and because yeah, there's so much hurt and difficulty out there, so it's just great to be able to help voice that a little bit and help stir people maybe hopefully to come into health so we can see the church advance.
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, hey, thanks again, and from all of yeah. us at Rural Advancement. Uh, we just want to uh, let you know that this is the kind of content we love. It's it's the rural church not just being spoken to, but being spoken to by people who get it. And so, uh, of course, you could always leave us a review or a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but truth be told, in the very most rural of fashions, the best way to spread this podcast around is to find somebody who could benefit from a conversation like this and just letting them know to tune in. And so, once again, I have been your host, Joe Epley. These guys have been Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Amanda Harris, and we will see you next week.